Welcome to another episode of our Founders Podcast. I'm your host, Ash, and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your business. In this episode, I talk to Amy, the founder of Escape, the Cyber Escape Room Corporation. Amy Stokeswater has had uh, a diverse career journey, starting with a degree in English and French and transitioning into project management and later cybersecurity sales. She eventually co-founded Escape, the Cyber Escape Room Corporation, a company specializing in interactive and hands-on escape room activities for security awareness training, team building, and corporate events. Her innovative approach combines fun and learning, making her a trailblazer in the world of cybersecurity. I hope you enjoy the episode. Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Great. Uh, do you have a favorite quote, something that inspires or motivates you that you would like to share with our audience? I do. So my favorite quote is, good things come to those who put the effort in. Um, Indeed. Yeah. So I always think people people think, the, well, the original quote, I guess, is good things come to those who wait. But if you're just sat waiting around for things to happen, you could be sat waiting for a long time. Um, so I always think if you put some effort in, if you put yourself out there, if you try and make some connections, you go out there and put your yeah, put your face out there, then uh yeah, good things good things usually come your way. Definitely, definitely. And and you know, it's a saying something like God only helps those people who help themselves, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in yeah, a way. Exactly. <laughs> Great. So let's let's talk about where the story begins. Where did the idea for escape room, the cyber escape room, came from? Um, I think it's just from, so I've been in the cyber industry for probably around five years now. And every time I talk to people about cyber training, they all say it's really boring. Mm-hmm. And it, it is inherently boring. I mean, I so I ran an event last week and I said to everyone, I had to do a talk and I said to everyone in the room, put your hand up if you've done cyber security training, you've pushed play on the video, then you've gone to make a cup of tea and then come back and hoped that the video had finished and nearly yeah. every single person put their hand up because it's yeah. just it's a it's a universal problem that kind of video video based learning is fine mm-hmm. and it has its place but it's not the most interesting and i wanted to do something that would engage people that would get them excited about it and that would mm-hmm. actually help to build resilience in organizations because if you are making a cup of tea while that video is playing you're not paying attention to it so you're not learning anything Whereas no. with this stuff that I'm, I'm doing, you have to be actively engaged in it. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully you get some better learning outcomes out of the back of it because because you are stood there actually physically involved in it. Yeah, yeah. So am I am I correct to say that um, if I have a small startup with some, uh, you know, let's say 10 members in the team mm-hmm. and I book a session with you, I have to bring all my team together to the escape room or is it digital? So it's a physical escape room, but you don't have to bring your staff anywhere. We can send it to you. So it's portable. Oh. So it comes in a box. So we can send it out in a box and you can receive it in your office or in event space, wherever it is that you that you'd want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. You just need a table to run it on. Um, so, yeah, it is, you do have to be together for it. But mm-hmm. that's kind of the fun. And that kind of brings the team building part to it as well, which I think is um, important. Awesome. That's that's wonderful because that removes all the hurdles of scheduling, getting team together at one place and all these things. Okay, I want to talk more about how it works. So so but before we go into that question, 
So when you had the epiphany, did you looked into the market? Were there other products? What was going on at the time? And what what did you see from your research that encouraged you to move with, ahead with this? Yeah, so there are a couple of other companies that are doing a similar thing. So, the, I mean, the police, they've created their own escape room. Um, so the police services in the UK have got have got an escape room that's actually quite similar, but they only run it with police officers. Hmm. Um, so it's not a commercial proposition, um, which is fine. But I also think, could the police officers be spending time doing other things that are more useful? Maybe. Um, hmm. And then, yeah, there's a couple of other there's a couple of other commercial organisations that are doing something similar. So there's um, a company called CGI, but instead of theirs being portable, they've got a shipping container, and you have to mm-hmm. go to the you have to go mm-hmm. to the event rather than the event coming to you. So I think mm-hmm. that's where I kind of saw the differentiation in the market with what we're doing, um, making it portable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, great stuff. So your USB is. Um, uh, you don't have to come to the uh, one location you can run it on your own mm-hmm. and i'm guessing uh, you would need some kind of a facilitator for this or it could be done by anybody yeah so it can be done by anybody so when i when i send the the escape room box out i send a booklet out that explains the solution it gives you hints it gives you ideas for how to run the event it gives you um ideas for a workshop that you might run afterwards to kind of follow like to kind of cement the learning outcomes from the from the event as well so the first escape room that we've got is all about password security so i've included Mm -hmm. a load of questions that you could then ask about ask the participants about password security to get them thinking Mm -hmm. okay this is this is what i've just done but how does that relate to my day job as well Mm -hmm. got it got it okay great so i have small team i have a small startup and mm-hmm. I would like them to be aware of all the cybersecurity loopholes or, or any kind of things which could affect us, you know, internally. What's what's the step-by-step process I should follow to get this for my team? And how do I do it? Well, to get an escape room? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's just we just go on the website. So it's cyberescaperoom.co, um, mm-hmm. which loads of people think I've spelt my own website wrong because usually it's .co.uk or .com it's not the website is just .co um, oh. yeah so loads of people yeah so you just got you just go on the website look at which um which scenario it is that you want to purchase and then just drop us a message and then we can get that sorted out for you straight away awesome okay great and then let's say how many days it takes to get uh, to me um, we can probably yeah probably turn it around within five days okay great stuff so once I have it, what's what's what are the next steps? So once you have it, you've got so you'd have the facilitate whoever's bought it, who's going to facilitate it. They would um, read through the booklet and just check that they understand what's going on with it. Um, make sure that they've kind of got the setup. So the setup instructions are in the box as well. Um, but everything should come fully charged. So it's got a laptop in there and a phone in there, but that should all be fully charged. But we do send the charges out, et cetera. Um, and then, yeah, you just pick a time that you want to run it yourselves. If you've got any problems or any questions in advance, you just drop us a message and we'll obviously get back to you. Um, but yeah, you can run it. You can run it as many times as you like. And then you just post us it back. Oh, okay. That's awesome. And can I share it with other teams also on my floor or how does it work? What? Yeah. So once you borrowed it for the month, you can share it with, we can share it with other people in your organization. So um, mm-hmm. at the moment, I've got a team from the Ministry of Defense have, bought, have borrowed one for the month. Um, mm-hmm. so they're currently running it. I think they've got 40 people they want to do it with. So they're, they're doing it in teams of five. So I guess the guy's running it eight times across the month. 
Yeah. Okay. So when you okay, so what's what's the revenue model you're following it? So you mentioned borrowing. So do can I rent that kit or is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can. So you can either we can either come on site and run it as an event for you. So mm-hmm. we can. So we'll turn up and we'll bring. So if you've got larger teams, this works best. So if or if you're running an event as a business then we'll bring loads of boxes with us and we'll set it all up and you can run it as an event and we'll walk around and facilitate it. Or yes. you can you can buy a box and keep it because if you think you might want to run it m- multiple times across the year, then that's fine. You can do that. Or you can borrow it for the month as well and send it and then just send it back after the month. Um, I am currently trying to build a subscription model for it because we've got new scenarios that are coming out so he said if we've got new scenarios then we can build it as a subscription model um but mm-hmm. that will not be happening until january i don't think just getting the building blocks in place for that indeed indeed okay so from a founder's perspective then would you be able to tell our listeners about uh, how much time it took you to take it from an ideation phase to uh for example making your first sale and what did you do during that time yeah, so I think it was. I think we came up with the idea in January, and we first sold one in August. So it was mm-hmm. eight months between the idea kind of being conceived and us getting a first customer. Um, yeah, a lot of it was. So we did quite a bit of market research to start with. We had to build a couple of prototypes. Luckily, we bought some um, space at an event, and we took a prototype with us there, and we tested it out with a few people. We got some students doing it. Um, we talked through the concept with a lot of people, got feedback on it, refined things, had our friends and family testing it out. Um, you know, the usual here, can you yeah. help me, brother? To it's a difficult one to kind of test out yourself because you know the answers to it. Yeah. So it's not like I can test it from a from a phase of not of not understanding it at all. Um, so yeah, I've had to borrow lots of my friends' brains to um to kind of test it out. But yeah, it's been it was difficult, but it's been um it's been a fun journey, I think. And then the, the like the new ones that we're building, they're taking a lot a lot less time because we've kind of got the the concept right now, I think. Right, right, okay. So you have created a framework, uh, a conceptual understanding, a blueprint in the sense. Mm. And now because you have the understanding of how different scenarios work out, you're creating kits for different scenarios. That's that's yeah. pretty cool because now um, there's no limit. You can actually create it for any number of n number of scenarios, right? Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. It's just the, the most difficult bit is coming up with the storyline. So we don't mm-hmm. want it to be. Um, it obviously needs to somehow relate to work in some way um Mm. but it also we don't want it to be too true to life so it needs to be a bit exciting and a bit left field because then Mm. i think it makes it a lot more memorable when it's like that yeah yeah and 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 if 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 the story is relatable then it's definitely something Mm. for example um there are some founders whom i interviewed they mentioned about um, they have a SaaS startup because they produce the product in-house with the engineers Uh, once they get traction, they get PR, the hackers from China, from Russia, mm. they attack them on a regular basis yeah. um, in, a, in a different format. Sometimes they try to fish, sometimes they try to get into their servers, things like that. Or sometimes mm-hmm. they just hit the API endpoint so many times that your server prices goes up. So that's one of the scenarios they're always afraid of. But you Mm -hmm. cannot actually protect it until unless you scale your infrastructure to that level that you can figure out that it's a spammer or a real person. Yeah. 
right? So these kind of scenarios and, and definitely phishing. Phishing is one of the biggest problem where you know Definitely. they can get into their computers and etc great stuff so it took you around eight months to get from your ideate uh, ideating stage to to make your first sales and would you be able to give us uh, the sense of the size of the business where you are in terms of number of customers the size of the team etc yeah, so currently there's there's me running the events. I've got a couple of contractors that I bring in if we're doing a bigger event with customers. So if we've got more than kind of 30 people in the room at the same time, then I bring a couple of contractors in to help me facilitate the sessions. Um, and then I've got an advisory board of six people um, that are all um, pretty impressive, pretty impressive names actually in the cybersecurity industry that are kind of helping to formulate some of the scenarios that are giving me feedback on it and that are obviously connecting me with people um in terms of customers we've got about i think we've got four or five customers at the moment um we only relaunched the business under its new brand um a couple of weeks ago so i'm i'm literally on back-to-back -back calls all day today actually um oh. talking talking to new talking to new people um and just getting the word out there so yeah it was kind of it's a bit of a weird one because the business has been going for nearly two years, but because we've rebranded re and relaunched just doing the cyber escape rooms, um, it's kind of like starting back at the beginning again with in some respects. Um, but yeah, some of the customers that we've got was sold to the the, the Ministry of Defence, like I said, um, talking to Chelmsford City Council, I'm talking to Google, I'm talking to EY, talking to some really big names that I'm that I'm kind of having conversations with, which is very exciting. Um, but yeah, it's just like I said, we're back in the. I feel like I'm back in the very early days of sales again, where I'm like, oh my god, I've got to start from the beginning um, yeah. with a new proposition, with a new brand, and all that kind of thing. So yeah, it's. Uh, but it's fun. Well, it is fun. It, it, founders' life is all about you know journey, the experience mm -hmm. you have right during. The, and you know, I'm already imagining that it this could become the next. So I watch a lot Shark Tank from US and I've recently seen there are two guys who run this kind of events, but their events are more physical, like races and things like jumping around and all. Mm -hmm. And they secure around, a, 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 I think they secure more than 10 million in the deal on the Shark Tank. One of the biggest deals they have secured. Wow. So gamification and education and learning, if you merge them all together with fun, <laughs> it could do wonders yeah you know yeah so it, it's amazing so t so tell me do you have like a community around this business are you building a community and how do I, how are you doing that yeah so i've got actually got a discord community um mm -hmm. i don't know if you use discord but yeah i've got a discord community which we started we started a couple of years ago um mm -hmm. so that's got around two and a half thousand people in it um a lot of the time, it's just helping people kind of understand the industry, people asking technical questions in there about cybersecurity. Um, mm -hmm. I do steal quite a few ideas for escape rooms out of there as well, which is fun. Yeah, yeah, um, why not? But yeah, it's, yeah, so we've, yeah, like I said, two and a, about, around two and a half thousand in there now, I think. Um, but yeah, it's just a, just a nice place to go and chat about cyber and see mm -hmm. what's going on in the industry. And I throw ideas out there and see what people's responses are around it um so yeah it's quite it is, it is really useful having that having that group of people there awesome awesome and have you raised any money yet or is completely bootstrapped no completely bootstrapped awesome i love founders who are bootstrapping their stuff because you know the, i i understand that sometimes you need a lot of funding to run some some uh startups like i don't know maybe bitcoins or related to cryptocurrency but 
people who make things from ground they have actually seen every single stage of growing their baby it's like your baby right you have yeah. seen it from the beginning so it, it it brings me so much joy when i when i speak with people who are doing it from bootstrap so so can you can you share a compelling case study that highlights how your company cyber um, escape rooms um, achieved uh, some sort of like a success or solved their key business challenge for one of your customer and i would also love to hear about the specific problem they faced and the steps taken to improve uh, and implement your solution so that they can get the value out of it yeah so we worked with chelmsford city council so they were looking for a team building event for their team because i think even now covid's still having an effect on how teams are working together um mm -hmm. so they not and because people are, are in the office at disparate times like not everyone's in the office at the same time i think they found that the that there just wasn't that much of team cohesion so we came mm -hmm. in and run a cyber escape room for them and it wasn't just the technical team the technical people in the team that we did it with it was also kind of all the supporting stuff around that as well so like the purchasing function um some of the hr team they all joined in with it and it was a really good way of getting everyone in the room together getting everyone working together and talking to each mm -hmm. other and we made sure at the beginning of the event to say to everyone do not sit next to your best friend on the table make sure you split yourselves up and sit with different people that you don't usually get to talk to um mm -hmm. and it was really interesting to see how they all work together and how everyone even the people that were kind of reticent at the beginning to get involved in the event once it started mm. going and you could feel that element of competition, then mm. um, it kind of got people working together and talking and everyone in the room, there was a bit of a buzz in the room. Um, so yeah, they, they really enjoyed it. I've actually got a video case study to bring out about them soon. Um, but yeah, that was it. That was a, that was a really fun, a really fun day. And it was really good to see how the non-technical people and the technical people could all work together and actually mm. collaborate on a, on a project like that. Awesome. So, so, so would you be able to um, throw some light on what is, who is your uh, ICP? Who is your ideal customer profile? And, um, um, you know, because if that's clear, then, you know, when we share the, the episode with our, our community, there might be some people who fit into your ICP. Mm. Yeah. So, so there's, I guess there's three kinds of people really. So there's technical teams who potentially don't always get to get to get but who don't always get together um mm -hmm. so cybersecurity teams wanting to do something that's a bit for a bit of team building um because usually team what i find with team building activities is it usually revolves around going to the pub which isn't everyone's which everyone doesn't always want to do or sport which mm. everyone doesn't want to do but if this is a cybersecurity themed event um so that's great for team building for kind of technical teams um I also like talking to um, marketing managers who are trying to run events for their customers because this is a super fun event to get customers talking, get them engaged and get them networking with each other and as well as well as with your account management team. Um, and then the other ones, if you've got an executive board that needs some security awareness training. So they're really good. These are good for yeah, like board, I guess, board level people um, to learn a bit about cybersecurity, do something that's a bit hands on and fun. Um, yeah, and it only takes an hour to do it. So it's not like it's a huge full day event. Hmm. Okay, that's good. So any team who who might be not working uh, in the office or they're working remotely or, or even with the same team, but they don't um, get connected too often and then mm -hmm. they want to do a team building exercise plus learn about cybersecurity, you know, while doing that. 
Yeah. So that's your that's that's good. So um, what are the marketing uh, tips or techniques you're using currently to acquire more customers? And what would you suggest our listeners who are uh, some someone similar like you or new founder in the similar space? What sort of uh, techniques or, or, or strategies you're using currently to generate more business? So I pretty much just use LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been building my network on LinkedIn for how old am I now? I'm 34. So for about 12 years. Um, mm-hmm. But only only kind of in a, I've only been doing it kind of in earnest over the past kind of three or four. So I've got mm-hmm. up to around 22,000 connections now on LinkedIn, which is great. Um, but I, I put, I've got a content strategy on LinkedIn where I just share information around what it is that we're doing mixed in with some fun stuff around like who I am as a person. Um, mm-hmm. Because I always think people buy from people. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, so do that. I've got a newsletter that I send out once a fortnight, um, which is called Fool Around and Find Out because we because we do um, hands-on stuff. So every edition of the newsletter has got something like hands-on for you to do. So there's like puzzles for you to work out or an OSINT challenge or something in it like that. And then mm-hmm. there's a video for you to watch and then there's something for you to read as well because I always think as we're a cyber education company, we need to take into account the fact that people learn in different ways. So some people like doing hands-on, some people like watching, some people like reading. Um, so I try yeah. to include something like that in every newsletter. So yeah, we've got a newsletter with like nearly 3,000 subscribers, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I've got the Discord community that I use. Um, I try to turn up to events. I run coffee. I run an InfoSec coffee morning every other week where I just say, People can turn up. We'll have a conversation about whatever it is that people want to talk about on the call. So that's pretty relaxed. But that gets kind of the word out there around what we're doing as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it is really all about social media content. That's that's pretty mm-hmm. much how I do all of my sales. Okay. Okay. So your primary strategy is to um, uh, to generate inbound leads through your content marketing. Is that correct? Yeah. I've not. I've, I'm not considering. I've worked in sales for nearly ten years. I'm not really a big fan of direct sales approaches. Mm-hmm. I always find them really, people try to personalize them, but they're never that personalized because you just sit in spamming the same yeah. message out to people. And I always think I've never once replied positively to a cold pitch in my inbox, um, mm-hmm. like ever. I can't think of one time that that's ever happened. So why mm-hmm. would anyone, Why would my message that I send out be any different? Exactly. Um, if I can make it look interesting enough with my content and then you engage with me in the comments, then I'll have a conversation with you about it. And it's not a cold sale. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It's more or less like, I mean, there used to be the days when I think LinkedIn was new and then you used to outreach with, I don't know, business accounts and people used to say, Oh, somebody's messaging me, but now people are aware of it that you're mm-hmm. doing it with the automation. So I rarely reply back to the messages I received yeah. like, I've put an an emoji so I've got a sunshine at the beginning of my name on LinkedIn because you'll be able to spot the automation a mile off because it always says hi sunshine emoji and I'm like obviously (laughs) no one would ever write that as a person exactly exactly and that is the fun part of it and that's really good tip actually to save yourself from the automation Awesome, awesome, great stuff. So, um, so, so, okay. So, we have spoken about um, <clears throat> the 
the customer base and everything. So would you be able to share some more information around your revenue model, how much you charge your customers and uh, what kind of revenue streams you have from the same business? So we have more understanding of how, how you run it on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, so we've got so we've got two types of escape rooms. So we've got the bigger ones, and then we've got the mini games. The mini mm-hmm. games they they are priced at two hundred to two hundred and fifty pound per box, and you can just keep them. I don't I don't run them as events because they are they take twenty minutes to run, and there's literally no point in me turning up on site for twenty mm-hmm. minutes. For twenty minutes, yeah. So yeah, so I just send them out, and they're they're two between two hundred and two fifty per box. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty, they're just cut and shut ones. Um, the larger, the larger ones that we do, like I said, we can either run it as an event on site, in which case the price for that starts at around four thousand pounds a day. Um, mm-hmm. but you can have up to, you can have, we can run it three, three times in one day. Mm-hmm. So you could have probably 150, 200 people that are doing the training in one day. So if, yeah, it depends on the size of your event, but yeah, that's um, that's that one. Or you can, like I said, you can borrow the boxes. So that's usually around fifteen hundred quid for the month. Mm-hmm. Or you can buy the boxes outright, which is three grand. Um, but yeah, it depends. It really depends. I, I like to talk to customers and find out what it is that they're actually trying to get out of it. So if they're wanting mm-hmm. to use security awareness training for a load of people, and I'll say, I'll we'll tell you which way is the most cost effective way of doing it. Yeah. Um, and we can be quite, I mean, like I said, we can be quite flexible with it depending on some people just want to borrow a box for literally one event for the day. And I'm like, I'm not going to charge you £1,500 just to borrow it for the day. But mm. if you borrow it for the month and you're going to use it multiple times, then that's the price. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I'm looking at doing the um, looking at doing a subscription model from January where we'll send you updated boxes throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. And I, I think that would be the uh, I, I, I'm not uh, uh, very uh, uh, I'm not aware of which. The models actually work for which businesses, but I've heard a subscription model is one of the most favorite one for the founders. Yeah, yeah. Well, if when you when you want to sell a business, then obviously you can you multiply if you've got a sub if you've got MRR is a lot higher than if uh, than if you're just doing one off events or whatever. So yeah, that's that's kind of why I want to go down that subscription model route. Indeed, indeed, great stuff. Okay, and so so most of the customers where you where you conduct the um, you know event. Are they um, uh, enterprise customers or what kind of customers they are? And then what sort of challenges you have faced while uh, making a sale with them? Um, And then once you finish the sale, you conducted the event, what sort of um, feedback or or positive or, uh, you know, critical feedback what sort of feedbacks we have received uh, would you be able to share this because this will might help some of our listeners too yeah so the um yeah the majority of the clients that i'm talking to and that we're working with are enterprise clients um mm-hmm. do you work with some mssps because they've got a lot of customers and they want to run the escape rooms as a customer facing event which is cool mm-hmm. um in terms of challenges around sale so price usually but not for the reason i think so when i talk i've talked to some people and i've said this is the price and they've said that's not expensive enough mm. and i'm like well i can put a zero on the end of it if you want me to that's fine <laughs> 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 how much money you want to give me that's fine um yeah. so some people have said it's not expensive enough so they're not sure whether it's worth it so it's i think the the biggest challenge that i've got at the moment is trying to price it appropriately because some people are saying it's too expensive and some people are saying it's not expensive enough and i'm like 
can everyone just if everyone can pick a side that would be great because then i'll know which way to go um yeah. so yeah it's kind of just gauging what what it is that we're doing um in terms of the feedback that we've got when we run events it is and I, i'm not just saying this for the purpose of this podcast it has been overwhelmingly positive mm-hmm. um so we ran an event last week there was a few technical issues but during the event we managed to fix the technical technical issues within a couple of minutes so um, people have said like, yeah, there were technical issues, but I'm not marking you down for that because you fixed them straight away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I've not had any, yeah, you know, like I said, I've not really had any negative feedback. I think people have said because of the, some some of the enterprise customers have said they wouldn't be able to roll it out as an entire security awareness program, which I've always said, it's not intended to replace your, your security awareness program. It's there to enhance it and to give you mm-hmm. something a little bit different to do potentially with just some specific stakeholders or um, as part of your October Cyber Awareness Month or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not intended to replace, you know, all of the other training that you might do. It's there as an addition to it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, feedback that kind of says, we wouldn't be able to run this with all of our stakeholders because we have like 2,000 people, which makes mm-hmm. total sense because it would be a lot of effort. Um, yeah. But I definitely do, like the senior leadership team or the specific IT teams or whatever that would be interested in it. But yeah, I think that that's kind of the only that's kind of the only negatives that we've that we've received. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have got a testimonial video coming out soon that will prove that as well. By the way, it's no, not, the, you know, the testimonials are best. You know, I think I think the best way uh, to act, showcase your business uh, and the, how the value uh, your business how it is adding value to your customer is case studies and testimonials. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. People always uh, look at that, especially the B2B customers, yeah. you know, the enterprise customers. They're very, very keen to look at the case studies because they get to know, oh, somebody like us used it before. They have received the value and then, you know, we can do the yeah. same. Yes. Great stuff. Um, Amy, I'm enjoying this uh, interview so much. I want to go and go on, but, you know, we are restricted with time and we are heading towards the end. Oh, <clears throat> so before we go towards our lightning round, what I would like to know, you know, throughout your journey and experience, there must have been, you know, valuable lessons that if you don't mind sharing, could you reflect on um, your experience and tell us about one mistake or a setback you encountered along the way uh, that you consider not a regret, but a lessons learned, you know, and additionally, what advice would you give our listeners based on this experience? So I think the best advice I could give anyone is don't be too precious about your ideas. So when we mm. first when I first started the business two years ago, we were looking at doing some, I mean, now I look at it, I think it was ridiculous, some weird recruitment thing. I can't even remember what the full idea was, to be honest, but basically it was crap. And no one, want, no one was interested in it. But we were like, this is the best idea ever. And then talked to about 10 people and they were like, this is rubbish. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, at, which, at which point I went, okay, it's rubbish. We'll do something else. That's totally fine. I'm not precious about it. I just want to make some money and make this successful. I know I've got loads of ideas floating around in my head. So I'll just switch to a different one. And I think that's what, what a lot of founders struggle with is that they get an idea and they think this is the best idea ever and I'm going to run with it. And even though you're getting feedback that's saying, that's not a great idea. No one wants to buy it. They still carry on going down that route. So I think mm-hmm. the best the best advice I can ever give to any founder is don't be so precious about your ideas. Like literally, if it's rubbish, it doesn't matter. Just switch it to something else. But the quicker yeah. you switch it to something else, the more successful you'll end up being. Because if you carry on going down that route of trying to push an idea that no one's really interested in, you're not going to get you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, definitely. And I totally agree. And that's why you see companies, the big giants nowadays, they have the 
history of pivoting. Mm. You know, Samsung started as a rice and noodle selling company, and now they are in mobile phones. And you can you imagine that, right? Like Instagram was something else, Facebook was something else, and now they're mm-hmm. totally different things. Cool. So, totally agree with you on this one, and 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 glad that you shared this tip with our, our um, yeah, listeners. Great. So, okay, so we should wrap up now. We are going into the lightning round. <laughs> I've got six quick fire questions for you, so you just answer them as quickly as possible. You ready? Great. Okay. Um, number one, what's one of uh, uh, what's one of the best pieces of business advice you have received? Ooh, um, oh, that's a difficult one. Um, I think uh, just keep going. Just keep going. It might be difficult, but just keep going. You'll you whatever whatever you're currently going through right now, you'll get through it. So yeah, if you're in, if, if you are in hell, keep walking. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Great. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? Oh, I would recommend The 1% Leadership because mm. if you're anything like me, you can't, you don't have time to sit and read like 20 pages a day. This is literally in like two page chunks and you get a lesson out of it every day. Really? That's awesome. Mm. Yeah, it's Do really you remember good. the name of the author? Uh, oh, Andy something. I can't remember. No, I can't remember his surname, but I can, I'll send you it and you can put it in the awesome 1% leadership right yes yeah I'll put that into my reading list great um what's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit um my favorite productivity tool I use notion actually um mm-hmm. you've heard of it but yeah that keeps me keeps me on track it's got tasks and reminders and stuff and with my brain being a massive scatterbrain I need to write everything down all the time so I've got a big list of things to do in there Awesome. Perfect. Um, what's a new or a crazy business idea you would love to pursue if you had time? Um, so I, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I think next, the next business that I start will probably be a cyber marketing business because that is the thing that I like doing the best. Mm. And I think I'm pretty all right at it. Awesome. Great. And what's an interesting or a fun fact about you that most people don't know? Ooh, um, all right. This is this is a weird one. Brian May from Queen once sent me a birthday card. Really? Wow. Yeah. How, come, how do you know him? My <laughs> uncle. My uncle was filming him because my uncle's a cameraman, and he was doing some filming with him just near my birthday. Um, uh-huh. And he got Brian May to send me a birthday card, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> you must have it framed somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, great stuff. Amy, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story and unpacking last uh, few months of building this business and, you know, some of the ups and downs. If people want to check out uh, the Cyberscape Room Corporation uh, and if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, yeah, if you just go to the website, it's www.cyberescaperoom.co or find me on LinkedIn, it's Amy Stokes Waters. Awesome. That's perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your inspiring journey and impactful work you're doing through the Escape Rooms. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Founders Podcast. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you all for tuning into our episode of Founders Podcast. I hope you found our conversation with Amy insightful and inspiring. If you want to get in touch with Amy, just search her name on LinkedIn and you will be able to get in touch. If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on future interviews with proven founders and industry experts. Stay inspired, stay motivated, and keep building.